Hey, welcome, insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you. Wherever you may be, this is your host, Bruce Ash, along with my good friend and Inside Track co-host, Ed Wilkinson, welcoming you to a special focus on the Democrat, Socialist, Antifa, BLM, Cultural Revolution in America edition of Inside Track. Thanks for tuning in this lovely Tucson afternoon. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but uh, we hear the sound of freedom uh, above us in in the blue skies. Uh, This is uh, Heritage Days, and uh, probably what we just heard is a F-35. Pretty nice. Isn't this another great, glorious winter day in Arizona? Spring is almost here. Daylight saving starts in a week from now. Major League Baseball starts in another three weeks or so. We have a great preseason show scheduled for you later in the month. Hope you get outside and enjoy our great weather. I'll be working out in the yard myself tomorrow. Eb, how about you? Working around the house, trying to get that all wrapped up. Finally. What, what a process. Finally. And, and you'll be going through that soon. Yes, I will. We welcome your calls this afternoon at the Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus Hotline, 790-2040. We have what I think will be an extraordinary show for you today. After our first uh, break, Marjorie Dannenfelser, Dannenfelser, the president of the Susan B. Anthony List, will join us to discuss the threats from Democrats under H.R. 1, also the Inequality Act, as well as their liberty-killing, abortion, gender-bending, so-called COVID relief bill. After the bottom of the hour, we'll speak with Terry Schilling from America American Principles Project about the so-called Equality Act and other leftward turns our moderate president and the radical Democrats in the Congress want to do to redefine life and culture in America. This portion of the show is brought to you by my co-host, Eb Wilkinson, and his partner, Gary Imus, from Imus Wilkinson Investment Management, whose baby steps approach to your wealth management is designed so you never have to solely depend on socialized security. Eb manages family wealth for our family and does a great job. Call Eb at 777-1911 and let him help you also. Ed, before we get to the news, um, some really sad news to report. Um, uh, Eb and I regret to announce that Catherine Franzi, widow of this show's founder, Emil Franzi, passed away earlier this week. Condolences to her three daughters and granddaughter. Kathy was a great friend, a true conservative, and a great American also. Absolutely. I know you were uh, there uh, with the family when... Uh, Kathy passed right before she passed. Yeah, um, it wasn't that long ago we were with with, with Franzi before. Thing. Yeah. yeah um, well, she was a great lady. She she was she was she was very bright and uh, very perceptive. She had you know separate from from Abel, she had her own career. Uh, worked uh, for for Pima County and at the sheriff's office for many many years. Absolutely, and uh, was a great um, a great wit and a great uh, a great uh, foil for, for. Oh my gosh! For for kept Emil in line as best she could. Yeah, well, may Catherine's life be for a blessing. Before we get to our first break, let me share my thoughts on the radical bills being pushed by congressional Democrats, which are uh, just coming at us one after another. First is the pork-packed and blue state bailouts 
horrifying $1.9 trillion bill, which was so poorly named COVID relief package. It had to be renamed the economic relief bill. It was just passed by the Senate with zero Republican votes. And good thing thank, nobody thank nobody God. would survive a re-election uh, uh, if they voted for that. Some money, only about 15%, is actually even going to COVID relief. Did you hear that? Only 15%. The rest is a big, fat porkapalooza uh, and an outrageous bailout for their bloated blue state public sector employee pensions which will be paid from solvent red states like Arizona to corrupt Democrat state governors like Mario Cuomo. Oh, my God. Gavin Newsom and Jay Pritzker. These scoundrels have driven their states to near insolvency by their overspending, their election giveaways, and caving in to public sector teacher unions. Joe Biden, the unifier, as he labeled himself, pushed this bill through reconciliation, and there is little the GOP was able to do to stop it. Now, they did try a whole bunch of parliamentary uh, procedures last night when they finally had a chance uh, to do something, uh, but uh, they were they were not able to to stop it without some minor relief on minimum wage. Uh, um, uh, provisions as well as unemployment payments. Friends, remember this. When Mark Kelly and Ann Kirkpatrick, Raul Grijalva, Tom Halloran, remember this when they run for re-election in 2022. The second un-American bill being run simultaneously is H.R. 1, the outrageously named For the People Act. They're so good at... at it's at, for the people. At, 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 you know, these these catchphrases that make everybody feel good about them screwing up the world. Huggy touchy. H.R. 1 might be for some people, I guess, they might like it. Um, you'd like it if you hated our Constitution, our Constitutional Republic, um, these guys would, would would do anything to get rid of our constitutional republic. Yeah, those guys, and besides them, the domestic terrorists in Portland and Seattle, New York, and D.C., plus the congressional Democrats, they love H.R. 1. They've been trying to pass it for years. Now they want to seize control of the government forever. There are hundreds of reasons for freedom-loving Americans to oppose H.R. 1, but let's just look at a handful of reasons this bogus and disgustingly named bill should scare the hell out of you. The radical left loves this bill because it works to nullify protections under the U.S. Constitution, like allowing the IRS to decide who they're going to grant tax-exempt status based upon disagreement. The elite Democrats running for re-election love this bill because it makes it easier to cheat in order to win elections. H.R. 1 legalizes ballot harvesting. 
HR1 wants to seize redistricting from the states and give it to the federal government, nullifying the U.S. Constitution. Oh, this is really, really a bad bill. Oh, yeah, HR1 is a huge hit with the big tax-paying, regulating lefties. You'll love this one. Get this. If H.R. 1 passes, they plan this. I mean, this is brilliant when you think about it. If H.R. 1 passes, the Democrats plan to tax their big business opponents by taxing all federal legal settlements with a 4.5%, excuse me, 4.75% tax on top of the proceeds of the settlements and then taking that money to set up a six-to-one match of political gifts to their candidates. So let's say somebody gave $100 to Mark Kelly or Ann Kirkpatrick in their election. Those candidates get an extra $600 from Uncle Sugar, thus creating billions of federal tax dollars to support their campaigns probably under the guise of campaign finance reform or some other fake premise. The IRS loves H.R. 1 because they get to lift the veil of First Amendment protections for political expression to punish their opponents. They want to expose those who want to express political thought, which returns America to Jim Crow days, when the same Democratic Party punished anyone who gave to political groups they opposed, you know, like civil rights groups that they punished in Jim Crow days. H.R. 1 makes America no different than corrupt leftist countries in Central and South America or Africa. Insiders, use your phone. Use your pen. Use your laptop. Tell Mark Kelly and Kirsten Cinema to vote no on H.R. 1. Now, it's too late. And Kirkpatrick, Raul Grajava, and Tom O'Halloran have already violated their oath of office to vote for this outrageous and unconstitutional bill. Remember that when they ask you for your vote or your money in 2022. All right, Mr. Mr. Producer, we are up on our first break. Uh, Let's uh, wait for a second to uh, do that. When we return, Eb and I will talk with the president of the Susan B. Anthony List, Marjorie Dannenfelser. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing, and then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through, but that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house, We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. 
Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street, open Monday through Saturday. It's termite season. Bugs fear the blue trucks from Essential Pest Control. Go blue at Essential Pest Control. We'll eliminate those bugs, bees, and termites. And stop paying too much to that national provider. Buy local for great service and affordable rates. Call Essential Pest Control because termites fear the blue. Call for the blue trucks from Essential Pest Control, 886-3029. That's 886-3029. Or check online at EssentialPest.com. Ask not. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Wouldn't it be great if political leaders could create that country again? Learn how to do exactly that, one family at a time, with Imus Wilkinson Investment Management. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, imuswilkinson.com, 777-1911, 777-1911. Welcome back to Inside Track. I love that part of Eb's commercial. I, I do, too. <laughs> this, part, this portion of today's show brought to you by my friends Jamie and Gary Kipper from Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus and Essential Pest Control. These are two great locally owned family businesses you can depend upon. I do. So should you. Eb and I are very happy to introduce a great American woman. We have great respect for her courage and strength. Marjorie Dannenfelser is the president of the Susan B. Anthony List. Marjorie, welcome to Inside Track. Oh, Bruce, what a privilege it is, and I'm really touched. Thank you. Well, I I, I remember very well uh, at uh, an RNC meeting a few years ago, uh, uh, Ellen Barros, a mutual friend of ours and a great supporter of, of your work, um, did a, a dialogue with you, and I've wanted to have you on the show ever since. And, and he, he was so wow, excited, Marjorie. He, he was so excited. He emailed me. I got her. Um, so oh, anyway, goodness. well, I hope this is the beginning of a of a lot of great conversation. Me Thank too. You again. Me too. Marjorie, Mike Pence has said. Susan B. Anthony List is the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. How has your organization managed to be so successful? Well, we set out to do, with God's grace, something um, about two decades ago, which was to be the electoral arm of the pro-life movement, where there really wasn't one that um, had the strengths like the NRA or, you know, or, um, or unions or something um, that was so powerful that uh, would make people think twice before voting against the pro-life line. And so starting with elections is exactly what we did. And then it made lobbying all the more easier (laughs) because once you've elected the right people, the lobbying piece is not as difficult. And also you have friends for life, um, so to speak, after you've done that. So um, that is really why. And we grew out of my living room. We were really just Hmm. looking for women who were running at that point. Um, because there were no pro-life women running for public office at that point right. who were really viable. And uh, and it's grown because I believe it really was answering a real hunger at the heart of the pro-life movement and the nation. I think that's how. Hmm. You know, for as many successes as Susan B. Anthony List has enjoyed, there are so many significant new challenges out there right now, aren't there? Wow, really true. Um, and I think... The good news is so much powerful than the very difficult news, 
Um, but, but the truth is there is every front to be battled, some on defense, some on offense. So on the federal level, obviously, triple defense with the House, Senate, and the presidency. On the state level, we are exploding. The pro-life movement has, and its leaders have introduced 384 pieces of pro-life legislation across the country wow. so far this year. This year, it's only March, right? Um, and, and all of those that are headed towards the Supreme Court, some will, some won't. But I really believe that the great hope of the pro-life movement is that um, it's, this is the moment when we really get to the heart of Roe. And then we restore the ability of states to protect little boys and girls in their laws, as they have wanted to since 1973. So it's all the fronts. It's, you know, fighting the filibuster on the federal level. It's getting the right legislation with the right governors on the state level. Um, and a lot of prayer. Now, Marjorie, this is Eb. You haven't always been pro-life, have you? No, no. In fact, I've been so wrong in so many ways, in such delightful ways, <laughs> that um, I've I've, uh, I've I've earned um, the the most humble person you've ever met, Badge. Which I guess I just lost by saying that. <laughs> but uh, no, I <laughs> I have been so wrong on this without question. Um, so what what I, changed? Well, I. I really just held on tight to all the dumbest arguments of the other side that um, that were basically, you know, exploded by really smart people and also by the grace of God, like my body, my choice. Now, that really is the essence of the pro-choice argument right now, and always has been, because it doesn't acknowledge that there's another person. But the question that I really could not come up with a rational answer to, I'll philosophy major at Duke, and, and I came and worked in D.C. and met some really good pro-life people before I don't think I really knew any pro-life people, and um, I just couldn't answer that question. What is that thing that is the object of an abortion? You know, what is it? And if you can't answer that, you at least can't go wild and go ahead and think that you can destroy it. But if you become convinced that it's uh, the beginning of a moral being all the DNA that we'll ever have is in that, at the very beginning, mm-hmm. in that thing, <laughs> then it's very likely, and in fact is, proved by science, to be uh, a human being. And um, so that was, what changed was really, I think, uh, my heart opening for number number one, and then also being able to hear it. Good people like you two who just um, kept talking and not worrying, just uh, allowing the argument to flow in a way that was not uh, that didn't judge. Hmm. So this just makes it even more passionate for you to do this. Mm-hmm. That's true, and I would have had an abortion in a minute. So I also really do have a heart for uh, women who are feel like they're in the middle of the night, hmm. uh, figuratively and literally, wondering what next. And and so I, I do feel both. Um, and also, you know. It is one of the best things um, that anyone can do. If you want to meet the best people in the world, you'll find them in the pro-life movement. Almost no one does it for selfish reasons or certainly not for monetary gain, not for fame or for people to like you. <laughs> so right. I meet people like you guys, people listening now, and um, it's just been the blessing of my, of my life and my family's life. So, Marjorie, let's discuss the, the so, so-called COVID relief bill just, that was just passed by the House and now by the Senate as well, especially on the threat to the Hyde Amendment. It's, it's yeah. frightening. $440 billion bailout and bankroll to Planned Parenthood? It is 
really heart-wrenching. Um, four decades long, we've had a, an agreement, um, a bipartisan agreement, that we might disagree over abortion, um, but we definitely can agree that we shouldn't be asking taxpayers to fund it, um, especially because there is such disagreement on it. Okay, now consider that we have a COVID um, crisis, pandemic, where people are so vulnerable, and they use that to stick in all sorts of different um, abortion-related funding, all sorts of different pieces. You're really going after the vulnerable at a very vulnerable moment for the nation. And so last night, um, there was a, uh, an amendment by Senator Langford from Oklahoma and uh, Senator James from um, Montana that would have prevented um, taxpayer funding of abortion in this bill, and it, uh, and it um, very sadly failed And because um, it, it would have had to have 60 votes to pass. Uh, and so we didn't do that. And that means that our taxpayer money is going to start to flow. So you guys can thank Senator Kelly and Senator Cinema, who voted to do that. And now all of us, everyone listening here, you and me, we're going to be paying for abortion. And we know that is the death of a little boy or a little girl every single day. It's an outrage. It's the first time in 40 years that this has happened. And Planned Parenthood has a new business model, and that is gender transformation as well, don't they? They do. I mean, you really can't find any of what they claim to be actually pro- provided at Planned Parenthood. In other words, they claim to be a woman's health provider, uh, all sorts of, of, of services to women. Only what you find, however, is increasing uh, abortion and 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 yes gender related care right right um that increases as every other service decreases stds you know every single other service decreasing that that's who they have become and there's a slush run for them in this very bill hmm. so you know it couldn't get worse in terms of the federal level and what we are now complicit in it could and, and it could be better but we're at a real high on the state level but one thing I'm 100% sure of is that paying attention to this means that we will definitely take back the Senate and we will take back the House. This is one of the most unpopular stances that you can take in America. Um, uh, 58% of Americans reject taxpayer funding of abortion, um, 65% uh, of independents, and a third of Democrats, even pro-choice people, a majority, don't think that we should be funding uh, taxpayers shouldn't be forced to fund it. So, you know, talking, uh, making it an issue in this coming in the coming elections is going to help us to correct this. But right now, it really is a tragedy. So, before we get too far along, uh, I know <laughs> listeners probably want to be able to help Susan B. Anthony List. How do they do that? Well, if you could just go to our website, you will see um, it, there are many ways to get involved, and in, either in your state or on the federal level. Also, to become a member uh, and donate, uh, there are all sorts of ways that you can really easily lobby your congressman um, or senator through that website, and a lot of information too. And that website, I think, is www.sba-list.org. That's right. And I even when I go there, I just Google as Susan B. Anthony List, and you'll and it'll be the first thing up. You'll see it. And go to the so donate. Thank button. you for inviting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that that. You know, it's um, we've built the t- we've built the gun. We just need bullets. I mean, there's probably a better metaphor, but we feel like we've built this beautiful machine for God. Yeah. <laughs> we've built something really beautiful, and all it needs is the fuel to run. So, uh, Mr. Becerra, who is the um, 
nominee for HHS, his promotion to become secretary of HHS would be a disaster, don't you think? Oh, boy. I mean, another sort of in the middle of a, of this coronavirus moment that we have, what you would really want is some sort of objective science-oriented person, somebody who was um, either a scientist or a doctor or both or someone from NIH, so, someone at least that had was maybe an HHS director on the state level. But instead, we have an abortion absolutist who was the uh, attorney general in California that went after pregnancy care centers uh, forcing them to um, insisting that they advertise for abortion in their in their pregnancy care centers, which is you know the, the complete flip script of what they're supposed to be and who they are, caring nothing for conscience. He actually lost that in the end at the Supreme Court. But then you know he went after David Delyden, um, who was exposing Planned Parenthood for the harvesting and trafficking right. of baby body parts instead of uh, really instead of going after people who were breaking the law, they went after, he went after David Daleiden um, for exposing uh, breaking of the law. I mean, and then when he was at the House of Representatives, he voted, I mean, not only did he vote for, against partial birth abortion, vote against, um, I mean, voted to, to allow it to continue. He voted for, um, against the, Un- the Born Alive Act, but he was always a leader in that regard. Probably sponsored always a bunch of those as well. Yeah, and kind of an organizer of him, of briefs, and you know he's uh, to you know if there is such a thing, he's a thought leader on the <laughs> other side. So he's, he's yeah, really a scary thought, and he's earned his stripes. And so he is the worst. He we chose this one to try to defeat. It's a up. It's a it's a tough one, but it is definitely one to be watching, especially in uh, for everybody. Senators, um, Senator Cinema and Kelly both targets, uh, high-level targets for the pro-life movement and trying to um, look lobby, but then also expose their vote if they vote the wrong way. The Susan B. Anthony list is not just a pro-life group. It is a source for female political empowerment. Uh, and, and, and there are tons of female members of Congress that have been supported uh, by the list. President Trump praised your volunteers who knocked on over one million doors. Let's, in, in the final minute or so that we have, discuss the political impact of your organization and plans for the 2022 midterms to win back the Senate and House. Yeah, yeah, I think the reason that um, that our efforts, again, with God's grace, have been so successful is what President Trump benefited from, what, what he loved. It's really who he is, and, and also Mike Pence, and all of the senators who, who have been elected in the last six years. Um, and that is our door-to-door, person-to-person um, conversations with people in battleground states who will decide the results of a senator or presidential election. And that ground game, that community-level organizing on our and not just leaving that field to them has really changed the way we do things in politics in general on on the conservative side, but definitely in the pro-life movement that is, has not had anything like that yet. And I think that it's, it becomes ministry even. I didn't really expect that ahead of time. Yeah. You're after a vote, but you also find souls everywhere who need those conversations. So it's been really beautiful. Former Ambassador Nikki Haley, uh, and we know she was ambassador to the United Nations, said that Susan mm-hmm. B. Anthony List does God's work. Um, 
I, I encourage everybody to go to www.sba-list.org. Go to the donate button. This is a grassroots organization. They depend on support from our listeners. Marjorie, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you for being an, ad, an advocate for mothers and babies. And thanks for standing up for human rights. I praise you for your heroic work. Oh, I'm just so uplifted by you both. And thank you for letting me talk to you on this beautiful Saturday. All right. Have a, have a great rest of thanks, the day. Marjorie. Okay, Producer Tom, yeah. let's go to our bottom of the hour break. When we return, Terry Schilling from American Principles Project will join us. You're listening to Inside Track. Stay tuned. Eb and I will be right back. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all of the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. It's termite season. Bugs fear the blue trucks from Essential Pest Control. Go blue at Essential Pest Control. We'll eliminate those bugs, bees, and termites. And stop paying too much to that national provider. Buy local for great service and affordable rates. Call Essential Pest Control because termites fear the blue. Ah, run for your life! Call for the blue trucks from Essential Pest Control. 886-3029. That's 886-3029. Or check online at EssentialPest.com. I'm Eb Wilkinson with Imus Wilkinson Investment Management. I don't ever want you to be dependent on government ever again. I want you to become financially independent. You will never, ever have to depend on socialist security for your survival. We are here to guide you to financial independence. That's imuswilkinson.com, 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Welcome back to Inside Track. Eb's here. Bruce here. Before we get on to Terry Schilling from American Principles Project, do you have a home improvement project you want to get going, but you're worried if you can afford the luxury you deserve? Corazon Cabinets sells top quality cabinets by J&K, Legacy, and Conestoga. Visit the Corazon crew at their new showroom located at 4700 South Park. Meet Joy, Allie, and David to see their fabulous collection and let them plan the kitchen or bath of your dreams. Call Corazon Cabinets at 488-2266 and get them to work on beautifying your home in 2021. Corazon Cabinets, luxury you can afford... I'm just getting, Eb just finished one. I'm getting ready to start uh, a project on our on our new house and uh, looking forward. These ladies are so creative, and they do it in a way that doesn't cost you a bunch of money. Okay, American Principles Project is America's top defender of the family. Our guest, Terry Schilling, is the executive director of APP. 
Terry has worked in communications, development, grassroots, and management positions with uh, Representative Chris Smith from New Jersey, Sam Brownback, a senator from Kansas, who I very much admire, various state and local candidates, as well as managing a race for his father, Representative Bobby Schilling. Uh, Terry Schilling is a native of Genesco. Did I say that right, Terry? Uh, Geneseo. Geneseo, okay. Um, I didn't. Ha- I didn't have the right uh, the right Im- inflection there. Illinois, uh, and as a graduate of Franciscan University in Steubenville, where he studied political science. Terry, when you woke up the day after the November third election, and the day after the Georgia state, uh, excuse me, the Georgia Senate runoffs, what were you thinking about the state of the Republican Party and the conservative movement at that moment? It was another shambles. It was. It was. Those are two of the worst days um, in 2020, right? Uh, and that's saying a lot because 2020 I think they're two of the year. worst. I think they're two of the worst days of maybe the last 20 years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it, look, it was. It's interesting, right? Because uh, the the Democrats always take advantage of chaos. <laughs> they go and create all of this chaos and and disruption. Uh, and confusion, and and they're the only ones that know what's going on and how yeah. to take advantage of it. And they just totally caught us off guard. And I and I don't think they should have. I mean, they they were look. You have a bunch of people on this election integrity stuff, and they have different angles that they're tackling. I'm much more concerned about the legal angles that they changed our elections, and and frankly, the illegal ways that they did it. Right? right? Like they they did all these executive orders. Uh, to undercut our elections and, and basically maximize how many ballots, uh, get rid of basically ballot security, and then minimize our ability to validate that the people casting those mail-in ballots were actually who they said they mm-hmm. were. That was the real nefarious plot that the Democrats uh, were able to pull off. Uh, but it, no, those are two very terrible days. So you wrote recently, quote, conservatives cannot become discouraged. We must work harder than ever to fight back against this agenda and make Americans aware of how dangerous threats it poses. Threats to the hard-earned rights of women, to the public safety of our communities, to the education of our children, and to the future of the American family. That's, that's pretty all-encompassing. Yeah, the, the Democrats are are all encompassing. I mean, they, if you look, the Democratic Party really is advancing Marxism, and the and the the genius of Marxism is that it attacks on all fronts. They used to the, the Marxists used to just attack us on economics, and they they try and instigate uh, you know greed or or um, um, you know jealousy and uh, coveting, but that didn't work in America uh, because people made more money every year and they they saw their families doing well and they were able to build their own houses and have big families and support all in one income so they had to start fighting on a bunch of other areas and how i see it is democrats have taken over progressives i'm sorry let's just progressives have taken over leftists. every elite and leftists yes <laughs> but they've taken over every cultural institution in the country uh, you look at academia and the university system. You look at Wall Street and corporate America. Churches. You look at Hollywood, churches now. Uh, they, they're fighting us on all fronts. The only uh, cultural uh, institution that they don't completely control is our elections. Uh, it's our campaigns and, and elections. because The people still control that. And what I saw on Election Day uh, when they were counting the ballots, uh, and, and going into Georgia and, and how we still haven't fixed that. 
this is their attempt to take over the last cultural institution that they don't control. Uh, And that's why it's the biggest threat. Well, really, they're trying to decapitate the Republican Party. Uh, They tried it through impeachment, but H.R. 1, um, the the threats within House Resolution 1, if it manages to pass the Senate, are absolutely uh, going to be earth-moving as far as elections are concerned, don't you think? Uh, Absolutely. If you thought that some of the stuff that was going on in the states and uh, in the 2020 election and in that Georgia runoff were problematic. This is everything. This is all of that times t- times 50 because they're going to mandate they're going to mandate mail in balloting in all 50 states. They're going to repeal every single voter ID law across the country. They say that that's discrimination. Uh, they're going to eliminate your ability to verify the signatures on ballots. They're going to legalize ballot harvesting. This is everything. And I want to go back to something. The Democrats were very smart on this. They signed executive orders. They did right. everything they could to fix the elections. And the reason, Joe, I, I talked to a lot of people across the country in this election transparency stuff. Everyone's shocked that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. But I'm not, because 81 million votes is what happens when you pay people to go out and collect ballots. It's what happens when you industrialize our election system and create an industry around collecting ballots and collecting votes. And frankly, when it comes to elections, Democrats are much more capitalistic than Republicans are because they get the long-term game here. Right. You know, I I don't think I had heard the term that you just used, industrializing the election process, until you just said those words. That is exactly what has happened isn't it and and it's against the law to bar, to uh, um, harvest ballots in many many states uh, and they want to completely upend that on a national level they want they want the federal government the one that they you know control right now to basically run state well not just state elections but elections which states have always had the power under the constitution to do don't they yes I, although i here's something i will say and it, and it this is just something that came up after the election. I, I do think that when it comes to federal races, that states should not be able to just do whatever they want when it comes to running the elections. Because here's the thing about federal races. When you have a U.S. senator that's elected out of Arizona or Georgia, as we saw, that impacts the entire country. Sure. So there really is a national interest in having federal standards uh, for federal elections. Now, you know, if you want to have your state get taken over and ruined uh, at the state level and corrupt those elections, that, that's one thing. But um, at the same time, I do think there needs to be some basic federal standards, but those standards should strengthen uh, the American people's beliefs in the election system. They should strengthen our faith in the election system, not tear it down. And that's the big problem with H.R. 1, is it will destroy faith in elections, which means Less people voting, less people participating, more people withdrawing and not talking to neighbors. And that's how you end up having a civil war eventually. Well, I would say less people voting, more votes cast. Yes, that's probably, yes, that's, that's right. That's right. So, Terry, is, I, I can't claim uh, credit for this, but I was listening to a radio station out of Los Angeles. And um, I think it was a fellow from Breitbart was a guest on the show. And he said he was talking about the California recall that's going on right now. He said, isn't it curious that the same Democrats who couldn't give a wit what a uh, signature looked like on a ballot 
uh, for for election are suddenly scrutinizing every single signature <laughs> in, in the recall. You know, it's amazing. If, if if it affects somebody else, you know, they're 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 going to go after them. Okay, uh, if if it's something that that affects them and their ability to hold power, and Gavin Newsom is in a lot of trouble right now, like Mario Cuomo is in New York uh, State. Uh, you know, hey, uh, they want to support and they want to make sure that all the signatures are accurate. I mean, this is a double standard that just can't go on, right? Exactly. You know, some people would say that trying to verify signatures is a bit racist. Uh, you know, and, and offensive uh, and discriminatory. Uh, look, this is, these are Democrats. They're, they're actually pretty brazen and they're pretty blunt and direct with us. They, they know what they're doing and they're, not, they're just not afraid of any repercussions from it. Um, it, it that, that's the issue is they're acting in their self-interest and we shouldn't be shocked by that. We should just start doing the same thing and hold them to a higher standard. And, and that's the biggest thing about this election integrity stuff is there's a group of Republicans who don't want to talk about it, right. who don't want to address these major problems that made us lost probably the most important election we've had in the last 100 years. And that's not an exaggeration. No, it's not. They don't want to talk about it. It's weird. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Just acting in your self-interest because Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, guess what? You're next. Right. If you don't, if you don't stop. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to talk to you in a second about your um, your uh, work last week at CPAC. But in the meantime, we have Gary, who's a frequent caller here, and Gary has a question for Terry Schilling with American Principles Project. Gary, go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, uh, and Mr. Schilling, my question is this: Now, the reason that we've heard. Uh, about the parliamentary person uh, that we never hear from is because it was based on a economical basis of denial of some of the terms that they wanted. But in this case, on H.R. 1, where is the denial for these actions based upon a constitutional basis? No, um, you know, I, I need to look into that, frankly, more. But I, I, I agree. I think that the real big problem with H.R. 1 is that it is unconstitutional. The Constitution is clear. And while I might disagree with uh, it, it giving too much leniency to the states and letting them set too many, many of the standards, the federal government cannot do this. The federal government can ensure fairness. But they can't override state laws that protect ballot security, right? It's unconstitutional. This is, having to show a voter ID, an ID when you show up to vote, is not the same thing as a poll tax right. or a literacy test, right? Like the most basic thing you have to do as a citizen in the United States to travel, to drive, to buy things, to get a bank account, to get a job, is you have to be able to get a photo ID. And if you're telling me that it's racist uh, and hurts the black community to make them have a photo ID that they present when they go to the ballot box, well, then maybe we should make it easier to get photo IDs instead of, you know, taking out that security measure. But that's the real problem with H.R. 1 is that this isn't a procedural problem. It's not a it's not even a moral issue. This is against the Constitution. The federal government's not allowed to trump the state's ability to secure the ballot and ensure a free and fair election process. We might disagree about what that all means, but at the end of the day, it is unconstitutional. 
Thanks, Gary, for your call. Uh, Terry, I, I wanted to just comment for a second. You know, there, there, there's been an expression used over a number of years, the, the racism of uh, low expectations. Why, why is it that the Democrats seem to have such a low esteem for Hispanics, for blacks, uh, for older people? And they don't care so much about older people, uh, but certainly their their constituencies in the black and Hispanic community, why they why they want to make things extra special, easy for them, assuming that they don't have a driver's license or can't get a driver's license or can't walk down to their post box and actually put their ballot in the mail themselves. You know, they call us racist, conservatives and Republicans racist. And they throw that term around like it's candy. But really, isn't it racist of the Democrats and of leftists in general to have such low expectations of their constituent groups that they that they have to go to the means they're doing to steal elections? Bruce, you're exactly right. And I, I've been talking about this. I was talking about it earlier today with uh, Jessica Anderson from Heritage Action. And this, you're exactly right. But the reason that the Democrats are allowed to be so cynical about African-Americans and, and Hispanic-Americans is because Republicans let them get away with it. We do exact, We don't just let them get away with it. We do exactly what they want yep. us to do when they call us a racist yep. for wanting to implement voter ID. You know, like when, when they say, well, making people show voter ID really is harmful to the black community and is quite racist, actually. Where are the Republicans? And this is what this is my standard response is how insulting is it that you don't believe that black people can get a photo ID? Do you know any black people? Have you ever talked to a black person? I would be I would give you a hundred dollars to ask a black person if they have a photo ID and know how to get one. Because they're gonna be really offended and upset that you think that they're that dumb and incompetent. Look, you're either a pessimist in people. And, and their ability to manage themselves, and that makes you an elitist, or you're an optimist in the ability of everyday people to make these decisions. And that's what the American people are all about. That's what the American experiment was all about. It was, a, it was a, an experiment in the ability of everyday people to run their own lives. And as an American, I think that blacks and Hispanics and every person, it doesn't matter what color your skin or what religion you are, you have the ability. I believe in you. You have the ability to get a photo ID and present it at the poll. And that's what separates us. Us as conservatives, we believe in everybody. We want everybody to succeed. We have the best faith in everybody out there to be able to do what is in their best interest to do that. The, the progressives don't. They want themselves to succeed. And Exactly. You know, to, to, it, it's so easy to get a photo ID right now and to say that the black people you know, can't get a photo ID. They need that for freaking welfare. They needed to, they needed they needed to drive any, a car. Come, come they on. needed to get into a hotel room. Terry, you played a role. How insensitive can you be by stating that? Terry, you played a role at CPAC uh, last week moderating a panel on the danger of Democrat plans to remove the notion of gender from society to put men in locker rooms and and to compete directly against females tell our listeners about your panel discussion i watched it i thought it was fabulous thank you bruce um it was a lot of fun uh basically yeah you're right democrats want to erase the protections that we've established for women 
throughout the civil rights law and throughout the country. Uh, And they want to do that by making gender identity part of civil rights law. So what's happening is local, local municipalities and states have already done this, and they've taken steps to make gender identity a protected class. And what that means is, is that if you're a boy and you believe that you're a woman or say that you're a woman, you can now play on the girls' tennis team. You can now run in the girls' track team. And it's a disaster for, daughter, for our daughters. So, look, the, thing, the reason I wanted to do this panel is because it's such an important issue. Biological sex and the differences between men and women is so basic and fundamental to a society. But not just acknowledging the differences, right? It's, it's agreeing that there are differences. You, you can't have a nation like America that's built on ideas and ideals and principles and disagree on biological sex and that women are women and men are men and they can't interchange each other. Uh, so I, I wanted to hold that panel because the sports issue really illustrates the differences in biological sex between men and women. It's a, it's a matter of fairness. It shows just how crazy the Democrats are. You know, Bruce, we ran a, a American Princess Project through our super PAC. We ran about five and a half million dollars in TV ads for President Trump in some of the key start target swing states uh, on this women's sports issue. And it moves voters. We moved about 49,000 voters in Michigan and 48,000 voters in Wisconsin alone. This is a big issue. The Republican Party needs to be united on it, and they need to fight with everything they have. Um, We have a caller from Window Rock, Arizona, I think. Charles has a comment he wants to make to Terry Schilling from APP. Charles, go ahead. Oh, okay. Just uh, real quick. Um, Yeah, the gender thing actually, uh, actually destroys the purpose of our being here, of mankind, because the real purpose is for us actually to regenerate to procreate to have progeny and and the other thing the voting thing it actually destroys the purpose of citizenship i mean essentially if a person's here in the united states they will be able to vote you're right on and so my citizenship is meaningless Charles, thanks for your call. That was, that was those were prophetic words, um, Terry. Um, on on this matter of of um, of men competing against women and men in locker rooms and so on, what's what's the reason for it? We 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 only have about three minutes. What's the reason? I mean, is this a part of the total breakdown of society that the left is trying to create? Yeah, it's it's part of what they're trying to do. But like I said at the beginning of the of this interview, the left creates confusion and discord and chaos, and they try and seize on it. They divide us um, as a people. And really, what this is is it's about it's about breaking down the nation, right? And, and, and America is a unique nation in that we weren't founded on blood and soil like most of Europe was. We were founded on principles of self government of equality under the law, of liberty, um, and, and the pursuit of happiness. And the Democrats want to divide us at our very core of our being. If you think about what biological sex is, it's who we are at the very core of our right. humanity, right? Like, it defines you from the very beginning. The first words when a baby is born is, it's a boy, <laughs> or it's a girl. It is the, it's, it's how you name your children. It's, it, so the Democrats are so good at just destroying humanity right when it begins. And they do that, as the other caller just mentioned, they do that by separating sex 
from childbirth, from families, from they they that's why this sexual revolution was so important. It's so important that we, we address it and fight it everywhere they're fighting us. Because if you get humanity wrong at the point of creation, everything else is gonna be screwed up uh, from there. Terry, I heard yesterday that breast milk can no longer be called breast milk. Oh my god. It has to be called human milk. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, hey so American Principles Pro- or American Principle Project. How do people get in touch with you? How do people know more about you? How do people give you money? <laughs> <laughs> it's very simple. It's just AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Um, and by the way, Bruce, next time you have me on your show, you got to give me a heads up that Marjorie Dannenfelser is on before me because that's a hard act to follow. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Marjorie, and, uh, you know, I would have prepared a little bit more for this uh, if I knew she was going on before me. <laughs> you, d- you did well, just fine, Terry. We didn't tell her that you were following her. She would have panicked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're That's we're great. we're going to leave it right. your warm up act. Yeah, we're going to leave it right there, <laughs> Terry. Thanks very much for coming on the show today. I hope we can uh, yeah. call you back and have you on uh, again soon. There's going to be lots and lots of things going on uh, that uh, you're going to be a part of. Thanks very much for everything you do. Anytime. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Uh, until next week, when Eb and I return, and we have a great show for you next week. Uh, this is Bruce Ash and Eb Wilkinson wishing you a very Pleasant good afternoon. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our biggest customers are actually like ranchers and people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material, what they're making, bringing it back. And so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them. So I think that's really our niche market. We'll sell whatever you need. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Wouldn't it be great if political leaders could create that country again? Learn how to do exactly that one family at a time with imus wilkinson investment management call me eb wilkinson i am us wilkinson.com 777-1911 777-1911